about, anybody can help? The blood of Jesus. You're right. Today is Sermon 21. Last, next week will be our very last week, and we're going to close that. So um, it was good to me. Hope you liked it, because if you didn't, too bad for you. Amen? All right, today I was just thinking, how can I make my sermon a little bit longer? Uh, I have been preaching only <laughs> I have preaching only 40 minutes. I'm like, I need to get to the hour mark, man. I don't know how to do it. So I figured we can read the whole chapter, right? Yes, please. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We're not going to do that. We're only going to read that last part, verse 52 to 59, the very last paragraph. But I just put the whole conversation that Jesus had with the Jews in, in, in John chapter 6 here, because we're going to keep pointing out multiple uh, verses in that conversation. So I thought it might be just convenient for all of us to just um, keep looking back and forth without actually opening our Bibles. Um, today going to be a little bit tough. It's one of the hardest passages um, that we have in the scripture. Um, when Katrina, my wife, was proofreading it, she said it was hard. So I told her, well, I stopped here at verse 59. Verse 60, actually, in the Bible say that the Jews quit on Jesus right after this conversation. Though that gives you a hint that it's not going to be um, extremely easy to understand. But let's, um, let's, you know, we're just going through the blood of Jesus. I want to study every single passage or verse that talks about the blood of Jesus. If it's easy to understand, praise God. If it's hard to understand, we still need to plow through it. Amen. So I'm going to read from verse 52 to 59 from John chapter 6. And here is this part of um, the conversation. We're going to explain that in a little bit. Verse 52. The Jews then disputed among themselves saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat... This is a Greek word. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. Look at this. Let's read it again. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. And then He said, whoever feeds, that's a different Greek word here, uh, on my flesh, um, whoever feeds... Yeah. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up uh, on the last day. So this is like a big deal for us to understand, okay? You, our eternal life depending on that, right? Uh, verse 55, for my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds, it's a Greek word, uh, on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. Again, this is very important. To know what exactly is Jesus talking about here. As the living Father sent me, and I, have, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread that fathers, that fathers your fathers, ate, that's a Greek word, and died. Whoever feeds, different Greek words, of this bread will live forever. Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Amen. So, um, one day, not too long ago, a few months ago actually, we live across the street from Ruston Town Center in Ruston. Katrina, uh, it was a wonderful Sunday evening after I was here. We're going um, for a walk, kids with us and everything. And then this girl stops us and she talks to Katrina and she's like, she told Katrina, you're so nice, can I invite you to a Bible study? 
She didn't say I was nice, uh, so I guess she's very perceptive. <laughs> so anyway, she stopped Katrina, and she's like, you're so nice, can I invite you to a Bible study? I'm like thinking to myself, my gosh, that's one heck of a brave girl to stop a stranger to invite them to a Bible study. So I was like, oh, I was like, yeah, sure. I mean, I didn't think much of it in the beginning. Don't do that. Anybody invite you to a Bible study, ask them first what they want to invite you to. So I was just, I wanted to get more information about like where she's at, and she, I was like, so like, what do you guys believe, or what do you do? What church do you go to? She's like, oh, I, she mentioned the name of the church. They didn't sound off or anything like that. And then uh, I was like, so what do you guys believe about Jesus? Who is Jesus? Because if you want to spot a cult, there's actually only, it's actually one question: How can you be saved? That spots the cult right away. But who is Jesus? How can you be saved? These two questions for me spot the cult, no question about it, you know. So I was like, who's Jesus? And she's like, oh, he's the son of God. I was like, okay, I mean, Jehovah Witness believe he's the son of God too. Not, not very clear here. So I was like, and how can you be saved? What, is, what would it take uh, for me to be saved according to what they teach you at the church? And then she said, it depends. Now, that, that's it. <laughs> Once she says it depends or anything related to works, you know this is not right. But then she's like, well, it all comes down to um, our mean of salvation is the Passover. Okay, that's what she said. I'm like, well, that's kind of like, it depends how you understand that word. Because if you mean by the Passover, Jesus dying on the cross as our Passover to provide salvation, uh, that's right. But the choice of the word was a little bit odd because she said it's the Passover. I'm like, I've never heard anybody say salvation is through the Passover. It's not a wrong answer, but I wanted more clarification on what is she talking about. I was like, what do you mean? How, what, what is that? Like, explain that to me because I'm not sure. And then right away she quotes that verse to us from John chapter 6. And that verse right here in verse uh, 54. Whoever feeds my flesh and drink my blood has everlasting life and I will raise him from the dead on the last day. She quotes that verse right away. And she's like, here it is. We need to have the Passover. We need to have the communion or the Eucharist, whatever you call that. Uh, and that's Jesus point blank telling us that the only way for us to be saved and have eternal life is to have communion or the Eucharist or the Passover, whatever you want to call that. Um, back then, I wanted to preach this sermon first, uh, first thing when we start talking about the blood of Jesus. So I studied a little bit about that. Praise God, she didn't get me off guard. Uh, so we talked about it, but obviously she didn't, she didn't go anywhere with it. But that's, that's, that's what we're talking about right here. This scripture is really hard to understand because Jesus point blank saying, if you don't eat my flesh, drink my blood, you have no eternal life. That's the only way to have eternal life, to eat my flesh and drink my blood, right? And not only that, there is millions of people, millions of people in the world, mainly Catholic, but... They believe that verse that you have to have communion to have eternal life. You have to eat the flesh, you have to drink the blood, and it, it cannot be any clearer in the scripture. You guys agree, right? And in all, honestly, even when I was studying most of the evangelical commentators, we're not talking Catholics, we're talking evangelicals, the ones that, the commentators that I read all the time because I just love how these people explain the scripture. 70% probably or more Take that verse as a reference to the Eucharist or communion or the Lord's Supper or whatever you want to call that. And say, here it is. This is essential for our... They didn't say it's essential for our salvation, but the meaning behind it is essential for our salvation. 
but they always refer, use that verse as a reference to the Eucharist or the, the, the Lord's Supper. I, I don't think that's what Jesus was talking about. Having said all of this, this is important, okay? You might run into somebody who's going to tell you, you have to have communion to have eternal life. And the, Jesus cannot be any clearer about it right here in that passage that we read, right? So we need to understand that. Does Jesus truly refer to the Eucharist or the communion when he was saying, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood to have everlasting life? So that's point number one. Number two, if Jesus is not talking about communion, then what in the world is he talking about? That's point number two. And point number three, we're going to talk about the need or the necessity to actually feed on the flesh of Jesus and drink his blood. Amen? You guys follow me so far? All right, so let's start with point number one. Is Jesus talking about communion here, or is he talking about the uh, Eucharist when he said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you will have no eternal life? And the answer is simple and clear. No, he's not talking about communion. Why? Two reasons. Generally speaking, okay, I need you guys to think with me throughout this. If you're stuck in some point, you have the notes, you can go back and study it on your own. Um, Generally speaking, when we want to understand the scripture, okay, the general rule is this. You start with the easy scripture that we know it exactly means what it says, okay? And then we try to understand the difficult scripture on that basis. You guys follow me? We don't do it the other way around. We don't start with a difficult scripture that we really don't know what exactly it says and try to put our own understanding on it, and then go to every other clear scripture that teaches something different and spin it and twist it and bend it so it can fit the box that we have created to fit God's word in it. You guys follow me? So, the Bible is pretty clear. There is absolutely nothing we can do, absolutely nothing we can do that can get us into heaven, right? Very simple, Ephesians 2, 8 to 9. It says, by grace you have been saved, not by works, not a single thing you can do that gets you into heaven, right? Not baptism, not communion, not tithing, not church, not loving people, nothing. There is absolutely zero works or any effort that you can bring to God to make you go to heaven. Amen? So we know that to be clear, right? We take that prescription, Ephesians chapter 2, face value. We know that what Paul intentionally trying to say is this, there's absolutely no works, not communion, not baptism, nothing we can do to make us right with God, right? Right? Okay, but that scripture here in, 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 in John chapter 6, when Jesus said, eat my flesh and drink my blood, you'll have eternal life. Now, this is a difficult one. So we need to know what he means. It is not, Jesus didn't say, follow me, Jesus didn't say point blank, unless you have the Lord's Supper, you'll have eternal life, Right? He didn't say that. We just assume. Some of us, some people, not maybe not here, but some people assume that's what he means, but he didn't say that, right? They're just trying to put what he thinks he's saying in his words. So as a general rule, when we understand the scripture, you start with the easy one and then try to understand. And this is your basis, and then you try to understand the hard one, not the opposite way. So if we're going to assume that this scripture right here, talking about communion or the Lord's Supper, then guess what? You have to have communion to have eternal life. And that's not in the Bible at all, right? So that's rule number one. Rule number two. In the book of John, we read about three different Passovers. Okay, that's the one celebration once a year. Three Passovers. One in John chapter two. 
And one in John chapter 6, the very beginning of that chapter that we're reading right here, talks about the Passover, and then the last Passover was when Jesus crucified, okay? So there's three Passovers in the book of John. This incident right here in John chapter 6, that is the second Passover in Jesus' ministry. That is exactly the same conversation they had on the occasion of the second Passover, right? A year later, Jesus established his Lord's Supper, right? So when Jesus was talking to the Jews at that time about eating his flesh, drinking his blood, nobody even knew what the Lord's Supper is, is at that time because it wasn't even established, established a year later, right? So it would make no sense that Jesus is telling them without identifying that this is the Lord's Supper, this is essential for your salvation, and then a year later try to do something and then expect people somehow to connect that the conversation one year ago to the Lord's Supper that he just established at the last Passover. Amen? So these are the reasons why it is not a reference to the Lord's Supper, the Eucharist, or the Passover. But those who say that it is have some reasons too. And it's actually pretty good ones. So we're going to start to argue that, like, see or look at their first top reasons why they look at that verse and say this is the Passover. Amen? You guys want to be equipped for the ministry, huh? Okay, get ready. All right. So here is the, the, the three reasons, top reasons, why people read this and say this is actually the Lord's Supper. Number one, they use that verse in verse 55. Let's go back. Or you can, I, I have it here. It says, Jesus said, for my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Right? So people say, here it is. Jesus is telling us that. My flesh and my blood, they're actually, actually something tangible that you can eat and actually something tangible that you can drink. What else that can possibly be except the Lord's Supper, right? That's the argument. Well, not too fast. Here is why it's not, this verse doesn't vindicate the fact that this is the Lord's Supper. If you go back with me to verse 32, let's actually read that verse. Verse 32. Jesus said to him, truly to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you what? The true bread from heaven. And then later on in verse 55, Jesus said, my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. So when Jesus is saying my flesh is true, he's comparing that to what he said earlier in verse 32. He's saying that, your fathers ate the manna and they all died. So the food that they ate, it wasn't true food because they eventually died anyway, right? But my flesh and my blood is the true food because it gives eternal life. It is true food because it leads to true life, unlike the actual physical food and the actual physical body. Amen? So Jesus not necessarily here saying, when he said true flesh and true blood, he's actually saying it's physical Food, the physical food and physical blood. Amen? It's true because it leads to the true life, not the just physical life. Amen? So that's argument number one, and it's not true. Argument number two, people look at what Jesus said during the Lord's Supper, and he said, when he broke the bread and took the cup, and he said, take and eat, this is my body. And then he said, drink, this is my blood. And they say, well, there is a parallel here. Because in the Lord's Supper, Jesus said, eat and drink. And now he's saying, eat and drink. And because of the parallelism between the two incidences, then we have to understand them together. Amen? That's what they say. Not true. Here is why. When Jesus, correct, it is, there is similarities between the two incidences. Both involve eating and both involve drinking. But... The differences, the incidences is too different that we cannot ignore the differences between them. 
When Jesus establishing the Lord's Supper, he, he took the food, broke it, gave it to the disciples, took the cup and gave it to the disciples. And he said, this is my true flesh and this is my flesh eating. This is my blood drinking. And then he said, you do that. Why? In remembrance of me. So Jesus, even at the Lord's Supper, established the reason why we do communion. It is to remember him, right? But then, but then, Paul talked about the same thing in 1 Corinthians. He said, every time you eat from the bread and drink from the cup, you do what? You go and proclaim, tell people about the Lord till he comes, right? So no, we know from Jesus and from Paul that the purpose of that Lord's Supper is for us to remember and to go out and tell people, amen? But when Jesus talked about eating his flesh and drinking his blood in John chapter 6, he's now talking about a tangible reminder for us. He's saying this is important for your eternal life. Amen? So even though there are some similarities, but we cannot ignore the differences. We cannot say because they both eat and drink, they have to be exactly the same thing. Amen? Okay, now the difficult one. And that is... People say, I don't expect anybody will give you these arguments, but I want you to know it, okay? You, you, we need to know why we believe what we believe, amen? Now, here is the last argument, and this is, for me, was the most challenging. They say that um, John, when he wrote the gospel, he switched the Greek words intentionally in verses 54. Let's go back to that passage, and we'll look at a couple of things. If we look at verse uh, 50, for example, this is the bread that came down from heaven so that one may eat it. And that's the word estale. And that Greek word is pretty much everywhere in that conversation. And it, it means eat, but it can also be metaphorically used. It doesn't have to be literally eating. It can be metaphorically. And then we switch back to verse 54. And now Jesus is saying, whoever feeds and he changed, John changed the Greek word from eat to feed, trigo. And this last word right here literally means to chew. Literally, to chew. So the word trigo really is not ever used metaphorically, they say. It has to be physical eating. And because there is a change in the Greek word that was done on purpose to tell us that Jesus was actually talking about physically eating and physically drinking, physically eating his body and physically drinking his blood. Amen? So they say the change in the Greek word is purposeful. It's meant to draw our attention to the sacrament or to the Lord's Supper. That's a difficult one. And if you grew up believing this, you might not buy the arguments I'm telling you, but I don't, if you're unbiased, you're probably going to buy it. But here is tons of problems with that, okay? Number one, it won't make any sense that Jesus will all of a sudden switch from the metaphoric meaning of him being the reason of life to the whole world into the sacraments and the Lord's Supper. What I mean by that? Let's go back to verse 33. Let's read that verse. Verse 33. Jesus is saying about himself, for the bread of God... Is he who came down from heaven and gives life to the world. So right here, Jesus is saying, I am the bread of life who came down from heaven. And my purpose is to give life to the world, right? How many of you guys think that Jesus is talking literally here? No, right? He's not talking literally, right? He's saying, I am the reason that the world can have life because I am the one who came down from heaven, just like the manna of the Old Testament, and I can give life to the world. So the context of the conversation, how the conversation even started, the whole thing is metaphoric. The whole thing is Jesus is emphasizing the fact that 
In the Old Testament, manna came down, and the, early, the, the Israelites ate, and he's saying, this manna was a type of me. I am the true bread that came down from heaven to give life to the world, just as manna gave life to the children of Israel. So for Jesus to suddenly switch the conversation from being metaphorically about him being the reason of life to actually talking about the Lord's Supper, that, that's highly unlikely. It's, it's impossible. Number two, it's not a conclusive argument that the word trego, chew, was used only for the body of Jesus, while the word esteo, eat metaphorically, was used for the manna in our conversation. For example, in verse, um, let's see here, verse 50 and verse 53, Jesus was talking about eating his own body, but he didn't use the word trego, he used the word esteo. So the argument that Jesus intentionally switched that, even though it has some merits to it, is not conclusive. Not every time Jesus talked about his body, he used that word trego, okay? He still used that metaphoric word some other times. Amen? You follow me? Okay, it's a good day to sleep, huh? <laughs> All right, number three. Um, there is a parallelism between verse 53 and verse 54. Let's look at that for a second. Verse 53 and verse 54. Here is what Jesus said. Verse 53, Jesus said, um, Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat, and here's the word esteo here, which can be used metaphorically, the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his life, you drink his blood, you have no life in you. Amen? And then verse 4, whoever feeds, now he switched the word trogo, on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. So even though he switched the word, yet verse 53 and verse 54 are almost parallel to each other. The point is still the same, even though the verse that the word was switched around. That You guys follow me? So the parallelism between the meaning and even using the word esteo does not have this argument to be so valid that Jesus purposefully changed the word because he's definitely talking about physically eating something. Amen? Number four, um, it seems like the switch from the word from esteo to trego is actually linked to the verse after that. Because right after that, in verse 55, Jesus said, For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink, right? And it seems like because Jesus want to emphasize that his flesh and his blood is actually true. Unlike the manna that was not true food, that's why he used a word that goes more with that, which is to chew. Amen? All right, and finally here, number five, if we look at the conversation at whole, let's go back to the first page. If we look at the conversation as whole, what happens here is this. In, in the very beginning of chapter six, Jesus feeds the 5,000 people, okay? And then at night, he, he sends the disciples in a boat, and then he walks over the water to the other side of the lake. In the morning, people looking around for Jesus, he's not there, the disciples are not there. They know the disciple took the last boat, so how in the world Jesus got there? They're confused about that. Finally, they know he's on the other side, they cross everybody to them. So verse 25, when we start that conversation, Jesus said, oh, you're here not because of the miracles, you're here because you ate yesterday and you're full, now, that's why you're following me. And then he said, you know what, if you really want to be full, you have to follow me, you have to eat me because I am the bread of life. And they say, oh, just give us that bread. And Jesus said, I am the bread who came from heaven. And that offended the people, the Jews who were listening to him. That's why verse 30, 41, look at this. So the Jews grumbled among themselves and said, 
Because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. So when Jesus said, I am the bread that came down from heaven, they start like, what is this? And they start getting mad at him because he said he came down from heaven. Now, Jesus, he won't like cool it off with them. He won't make it easier. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. You're offended. Let me, let me back off and try to explain it more to you. Jesus is like, okay, you're offended because I told you that I'm coming down from heaven. All right. Here is another notch higher. You have to eat my flesh so you can actually have eternal life. And that's the point from verse 41 to verse uh, 51. That's why we read in verse 52 this. The Jews then start disputing among themselves and say, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? He's making it even harder and harder and harder. Right? Jesus said, You think it's harder for me to tell you that you have to eat my flesh to have eternal life? Let me even make it a little bit harder for you. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. Amen? So it seems like the conversation is just getting harder and harder and harder. And Jesus ain't letting up with them. Amen? He keeps making it harder and more difficult for them to believe. And that's why probably he, we have that word trigger to chew. Intentionally, purposely put here. Because the conversation is getting more harder and harder and harder. And the choice of word is even getting more complicated. Even though the point is the same throughout the whole conversation. But the level of the tone is getting harder and harder. Amen? And that's probably why the word is used here. Amen? I highly suspect that you'll meet somebody who will um, bring any of these arguments to you. But if they ever do, I hope now you know what to say. <laughs> All right. So obviously, Jesus is not talking about the Lord's Supper or communion or the Eucharist when he said, um, you know, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you'll have no life in you. So what is he talking about? What did Jesus mean when he says, Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you'll have no life in you. Again, let's look at the trend of the conversation, okay? We said that the conversation was getting harder and harder and harder. Truly, the whole point of the conversation, well, let me back off. The conversation started when the Jews, when Jesus said, I am the Messiah, you need to follow me. And the Jews start questioning him and he said, well, our fathers had the manna in the, in the wilderness. What sign will you do for yourself to prove to us that you are the Messiah? So the Jews brought up the whole manna, a miracle, to try to challenge Christ to prove that he is truly the way to life, right? So in response, Jesus said, well, I have to tell you that manna that came down from heaven, that's not the true bread. I am the bread of life who came down from heaven. If you come to me, you'll never hunger. And if you come to me, you shall never thirst, right? So Jesus is responding back and he said, manna wasn't the real deal. I am the real deal. Amen? So that's how the conversation started. And we just seen how the conversation was just escalated over and over and over again. Every time they don't like it, Jesus makes it a little bit harder for them, right? And at the very end, he introduces that phrase, drink my blood, right? And we know from the Old Testament, God in the Old Testament, in uh, I think it's in Leviticus, um, let me see here. Anyway, it's in the, I can't see it here, but it's in Leviticus, I put it in the notes somewhere. Leviticus, God said, everybody who drinks blood, you cut this person off right away, he's dead, you, you kill him right away, right? So the Jews, when they heard Jesus saying, drink my blood, they know that he's telling them to, to do something that is against the law of God, that God said, if you ever drink blood, you are to put to death right away, right? So Jesus is challenging them and make it harder and harder and harder for them. But what I'm trying to get to is this. Throughout the whole conversation, the point of Jesus is valid. It is one single thought 
that Jesus had throughout the whole conversation. He's just making the tone tougher as the conversation goes. You guys follow me? Not yet? Did I lose? How many people follow me still? One, two, okay, good. (laughs) My point is this. The point of the whole conversation from verse 25 to verse 59, Jesus is just saying one thing. He's not saying multiple things and keep switching them around to different requirements. It's one thing, but the tone of saying that one thing is just getting harder and harder and harder because of their lack of belief. Amen? So let's look at that conversation as a whole. Let's look at the word life in that conversation. How many times it was mentioned and how it was used. Amen? Let's look at this. Verse 52, we just read that part in our passage. Let me see here. Give me one second. All right. Um, all right. So let's go back. The, I think it's the last page. Um, let's look at the word life in this conversation. In verse 40, Jesus said, For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Amen. So according to that verse, what would it take for you and me to have eternal life and be raised on the last day? See, look at Jesus and believe, right? That's what Jesus said, right? And then verse 47, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will have eternal life. So far, Jesus is making it simple. You have to believe to have eternal life. Amen? Now, verse 50, this is the bread who came down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. Now, Jesus starts switching it around verse 51. Again, in response to the Jews' arguments. So Jesus is saying, now you want to live, you have to eat my flesh. Verse 51. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. So again, do you see Jesus' the tone is getting tougher and tougher and tougher. Verse 52, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat, listen to this, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood. Now the blood is introduced, right? Um, Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. So do you see how the tone is escalating, right? Verse 57, as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so uh, so whoever feeds on me, that's chew in me, He also will live because of me, right? Verse 50. This is every single time, I guess, the word life was mentioned in in this conversation, okay? Verse 58. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread your fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on me will live forever. Amen? And verse 54. Let's look. uh, I didn't write that here. Verse 54. Let's read it one more time. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drink my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day, right? I read this somewhere, but I couldn't remember for the life of me where I read it. Uh, But that verse 54 is identical to verse 40. Compare verse 40 with verse 54. Look at that. Verse 40. For uh, this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks at the Son and believes in Him should have eternal life, and I will raise Him up in the last day. Right? That's verse 40. Let's read verse 54. Here is what Jesus said. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him up in the last day, right? Do you see how it's almost identical what Jesus was saying in verse 40? Exactly almost the same thing that he's saying in verse 54. He's he's changing the words around, but the point is still valid, right? So what is Jesus talking about when he said, eat my flesh and drink my blood? Here is what it is. You guys remember I just mentioned that the whole conversation started because the Jews brought up what? 
the manna, right? Remember the manna story? The Israelites, it's in Exodus 16. Children of Israel in the wilderness, they're dying of hunger. They start complaining about God and say, we're dying here of hunger. We wish we have died in Egypt next to the meat pot, you know? And then God is saying, okay, you are dying, but I'm going to provide the way for you to live. Next morning, the manna start coming. It's like... Um, coriander seeds and it's just delicious kind of bread they didn't know what it is and then in the morning they would wake up and the manna is just covering the whole land around them they just scoop it and eat it's a sort of bread that God provided for the children of Israel and it wasn't just one time it was every single day till their foot step into the land of Canaan amen so that is the context that Jesus is saying here eat my flesh and drink my blood it is in the reference to the manna miracle that God has done in the Old Testament so what is Jesus talking about here? He's saying simply this. Just as in the Old Testament when the children of Israel were dying of hunger and they could have done nothing about it so they can have life. And it took God himself to provide the way for their salvation when he sent manna from heaven so they can eat. And not only that, but they kept on eating that manna every single day and it sustained them till they got into the land of Canaan. Amen? So just in the same way is you and me. You and me are sinners. Jesus said, you and I, you guys are sinners and you're dead in your sins. And there is nothing you can do to make yourself alive and make yourself right with God. And just like in the days of past, when, the, when God sent down the manna so they can live by it, so God has sent me down, the true bread who came down from heaven, so I can go to the cross, so I can shed my blood, so I can satisfy the justice and the wrath of God. And because of me, you can also live. Amen? Amen. And just as in the children of Israel needed to eat that bread every single day, you need to do the exact same thing. You need to chew on me every single day, and you need to drink my blood, just like the children of Israel needed to do that manna every single day. Amen? And Jesus is telling them, just as in the days of old, every single Israelite, if they want to live, they have to say, God, I can't do it in myself, and I'm going to come to you, and I'm going to trust your way of salvation, and I'm going to start eating that manna so I can live. Jesus is saying, you have to do the exact same thing. Your righteous work is not going to save you. Your good deeds is not going to save you. You can do nothing to make yourself saved. But all what you have to do is just forsake your efforts and come to God and say, God, I just trust what you have done for me on the cross through Jesus so I can live. Amen? And that's what Jesus is saying. I am the true bread. You have to eat my flesh and eat, drink my blood. It is in the context of the symbolism of the manna that God has provided in the Old Testament. Amen? And that's what he's talking about. Again, the, the tone is getting tougher and tougher, but the point is still the same. And that's why Jesus almost equate. You guys remember verse 54 and 41 or 40? It's almost identical. To believe in Jesus is almost identical like to eat his flesh and drink his blood. You'll have eternal life and you will be raised in the last day. Amen? Amen. Clear like mud? Okay, good. Last point here is why? Why do we need to feed on the flesh of Jesus and drink his blood? Let's go back to read that passage. Just highlight a couple of things. Number one, verse 53. Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, what's going to happen? You have no life in you. That's number one. Why do we need to eat the flesh and drink the blood? Why do we need to believe in Jesus? Because you and I are dead in our sins. There is nothing we can do to make ourselves right with God. Amen? The one single reason.
days. And again, I tell you guys this. Every time I go out and ask a person, you think you'll make it to heaven? Of course I'm going to make it to heaven. Why are you going to make it to heaven? Because I'm a good person. Every single person says that. I'm a good person. The problem is Jesus said, you have no life in you. There is nothing you can do because you're dead. How good is a dead person? Can somebody help me? Can a dead person do you harm? Can a dead person do you good? A dead person can do nothing. And that's what Jesus is saying. You have no life in you. You are dead in your sins. And there is nothing that you can do to be made right with God. Amen? So that's why we need to believe in Him, in Jesus, in the Son of God. That's why we need to eat His flesh and drink His blood. Amen? But not only that. Let's move on. Verse 54. Whoever feeds on my flesh... Whoever feeds on my flesh and drink my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. So we need to feed on his flesh and drink his blood. Number one, because there's nothing that we can do in our own strength to be made right with God. Number two, because that's the only way for you and me to have eternal life. Amen? Amen. But look at that word. The very first word of verse 54. Whoever. Is that an exclusive invitation or is that an open invitation? Open invitation. Anybody, right? Jesus said anybody. Look at this. Just throughout this conversation. Verse 54. We just read that. Whoever feeds my flesh. Look at verse 35. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Anybody come to me shall never hunger. Verse 37. Whoever comes to me, I will never cast him out. Verse 40. For this is the will of my father that... Everyone, not just a few, not just the elect, that everyone who looks at the Son and believes in Him should have eternal life. I am the living bread, verse 51, Jesus said, that came down from heaven. If anyone eat of this bread will live forever. Amen? How about the serial rapists? Will they have a chance? How about the murderers, the most wicked people in the world? Do they have a chance? How about the fighters of ISIS? Can they have eternal life? Why? Because the blood of Jesus is far more powerful than any sin could have ever been committed. Amen? And if anybody just forsake their attempts to try to reach out to God through their good deeds and say, God, I can't do it. I just come to you at the foot of the cross and trust what Jesus has done for me. This person will have eternal life. Amen? 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 We have no life in us, number one. Number two, that's the only way for you and me to have eternal life. But number three, feeding his, fle- feeding his flesh and, and uh, drinking his blood is the only way for us to abide in him. Let's read that verse, verse um, 56. Whoever feeds my, on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. Amen? Amen. It's the only way. And Jesus said, as, as much as I am feeding on the Father to live, you need to feed on me so you can live. Amen? I'm not sure, some translation, I, I read this in a different translation. Verse 54 says that, uh, 56 says this in a random translation I found. Whoever feeds on the pastor's sermon on Sunday morning shall abide in me and I in him. I, I found this random translation that says, Whoever feeds on the pastor's sermon on a Sunday morning will abide in me and I in him. Amen? No. You feed in who? Jesus. I mean, growing up, not, not growing up in this country and coming here, it is 
Borderline a joke how Christianity is in America. People just don't even want to spend time with Jesus. And if you think like, oh, I did five minutes today. Praise God, I'm in a good devotional life shape and I'm good to go. Jesus said you have to chew. You have to spend the time to eat. It is not something that you do five, ten minutes a day and you're good to go. You have to spend the time, invest the time to feed on his flesh and drink his blood every single day. So you can abide in him and he in you. Amen. How many times God will provide the manna to the children of Israel? Every day. God didn't say, okay, I'm going to send it to you on, on Monday morning. You're good for a week, right? It didn't work. Every single day. Every Israelites need to be up early. Go get his own manna. Amen? And if they think they can outsmart God, by the time they leave it at night, it's bad next morning. Because it has to be fresh every single day. Amen? So if you're a believer today, you need to eat his flesh, chew in his flesh every single day. Spend time in the Word every single day. Pray. Just go to your room. Lock yourself in and just spend time. You don't have to time yourself. You don't have to, you know, rush to do something else. Let's just quit the microwave McDonald's mentality when it comes to our relationship with Jesus. Amen? Amen. We need to do that so we can abide in him and him in us. Amen? Amen. Let's uh, close our eyes and pray.